This is Women's Tech Radio, a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they're successful in technology's careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. So Angela, today we're going to interview Brooke Shelley. She is a fantastic support engineer at Puppet Labs, um, which is a great startup out of Portland. And she goes on to tell us about Puppet, about being a support engineer. We talk a bunch about life and her journey from being an English major to a professional in technology field. And before we get into the interview, I want to mention that you can support the network and Women's Tech Radio specifically by going to patreon.com forward slash today. Now, t- it's today because we have Tech Talk today, which is our thank you show of daily headlines that we do four days a week. And it's kind of like a thank you for supporting us. Here's just a little bit more and different than what we offer in any of our other shows. And it's specifically for the people that support the network. I mean, anybody can watch it really, but there's some exclusive content that you get access to and updates about our network on the inside when you become a patron. So go to patreon.com forward slash today to support Paige and myself on Women's Tech Radio. And we get started with our interview with Brooke by asking her what she's up to today and where she is in her career. My name is Brooke, and I work at a company called Puppet Labs right now. I do uh, support engineering. Um, I've been doing tech work for around 10 years, usually in the IT sysadmin support fields. And uh, so I guess I'm somewhere in my mid-career. And yeah, I just keep working in different places, learning different fields. It's my first job where I'm working with like server automation, which is a whole new thing for me. And it's kind of falls under the DevOps world, which I think the term's hilarious, but it, it seems to be what people are using these days. So, Isn't DevOps another, another version of the developer designer unicorn? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's just like, let's, if, what if we got ops people and dev people to work together in harmony? Um, I also call it DOPS with a little apostrophe between the D and the ops, because I think that's funnier. But Oh, I thought it was D-U-H, ops. <laughs> D-O-P-S. Oh, yeah. But well, that's kind of also true, right? <laughs> that yeah. works too. I like ops. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> that's good. So, so what is, uh, for people who aren't familiar, because I know this is actually kind of a unique position at Puppet and a couple yeah. other country- companies, what is a support engineer? So for us, what that means is we sell a product that is an enterprise software. So we sell Puppet Enterprise, and it sort of puts together a bunch of open source components and a few other things to help large companies and small companies and medium companies manage their server infrastructure. So when those people implement it uh, or get their software implemented by uh, our software implemented by our engineers, our professional services folks, then when they have trouble with it or if they have questions about it, they usually file tickets via email with us. And then my team is responsible for talking to them about their issues, reproducing them, filing bugs with our engineering team, uh, directly fixing things ourselves. And um, so we're kind of the glue that holds it together once it's shipped. Because, you know, like any other software, it works really, really well until you have it configured in a custom way and it's all these moving parts. And then you start going, oh, there's a few things I'm confused about. And um, so that's what my team does. And we're we're sort of a 24-7 team. We have people in um, Malaysia as well. And uh, I think there's like eight or nine of us. And we're all pretty savvy, experienced sysadmin people. Um, it's also really rad because my team is, uh, I think, just about half um, women, which is oh, super wow. cool. That's super rare. Yeah, especially for an engineering team. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel really lucky that we have that. Um, both my boss and my boss's boss are also women, which is really fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah, women's leadership changes the whole team. That's great. Yeah. 
Totally. It was a big factor in why I moved here to Portland and went, took this job because I was like, oh man, if I can be surrounded by amazing, smart women, like that's my ideal goal. So I like it. So um, I think f- my understanding, and I would love you to correct me on this, is that Puppet, Puppet as a product is a awesome wrapper to make Docker more usable, especially in the enterprise environment. I think some of our viewers here are familiar, or listeners are familiar with Docker, covered it on a couple other shows, but is that accurate? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, I would say inaccurate. Um, so Docker is a separate piece of software. Docker is uh, a way to bundle up applications and configurations and dependencies into little like container things and ship those out. Um, but what Puppet does is Puppet installs, configures, and uh, keeps in a steady state a myriad of server software and, and things. So let's say you have one Apache server and one MySQL server and you've got some load balancers and whatever else, instead of having to manually configure each one of those, you might set up Puppet and maybe create some modules to set all of those settings for you. And then when you want to launch a new server, you just start that node up, point it at your Puppet Master, and say, hey, this node gets this configuration. And you choose like a class or a role or something. And it puts that on there. And if someone, let's say your employee, goes on that node and tweaks the configuration themselves, Every 30 minutes, that node checks back in with the master and says, hey, I look like this. And the master says, that's wrong. You should change your configuration. So it also can does some change management a little bit too. And that's sort of the real rough outline of what it does. But it's, it's a pretty robust thing. We have customers that manage tens of thousands of servers with it. Um, some pretty big name customers too. So Awesome. So, uh, so now you're a support engineer. Have you always been in tech? Um, you know, is this something like as a kid you were taking things all apart, apart all the time? Do you have a degree in computer science? What's your journey? So, yeah. Um, when I was younger, we were pretty poor. But my dad, um, when we were, when was maybe like in early middle school, um, my dad got a job in the defense industry and brought home a computer. And we'd had like an Apple IIe when I was really young that we inherited from somebody, but. I just got on it a lot. And being a queer woman, I was looking for answers in community because I was raised in a very Christian household. And so I was like, I bet I can find stuff on here. So I started just like surfing on the internet and inevitably the computer would break in some way or I would get confused about how to connect to some IRC channel. And so I started researching those things just to connect to find out what the hell was going on with me. And uh, and yeah, so that was the impetus for me to get started in tech was just fixing my own problems. And then inevitably... I became the go-to girl for my family and my friends whenever something would break. Like, hey, can you help me with my computer? Or hey, can you help me with my printer? And I just did those things. I went into the University of Texas at Austin and majored in English literature. So that's not computer science. Not at all. And I, uh, I started working at the laptop help desk for the education department while I was there. And because I just fixed computers. And I was like, well, it seems like people want to pay me money to do this. So I might as well take the money. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I wanted, I mean, I, I write now, but at the time I was like, oh, I'm going to be a novelist. I'm not going to try to do this tech thing. This is just temporary. And, uh, somehow temporary turned into 10 years of, of doing this. But, um, I mean, it's definitely something that's always interested me. I think it's fun to solve problems and it's fun to sort of learn about new technologies. A lot of times my passions lie elsewhere. And to some degree, what I do as a job is a job. So yeah, I, I didn't necessarily get into tech, um, as a as a as a goal to become a programmer, and I don't necessarily build servers or set up software on my free time, but um, it's a job I'm very good at. It's something that interests me, and 
and yeah, I kind of stumbled into it and kept going. But I'm actually also a college dropout. Financial situation was very bad when I was in college, and for various reasons, my dad stopped sort of filling out my financial information, and so I couldn't get loans anymore, which meant I had to drop out. And I was lucky enough that by that time I was already started in tech, so I've been able to continue with my career ever since then.、Um, I think my grandma hasn't forgiven me about not finishing my degree yet, but、uh, <laughs> but at this point, it's、um, it's been a while. So yeah, I, it's paper, right? At the end of the day. Yeah, and I mean, I would love to go get a PhD in English, but、um, it's expensive. So <laughs> I know a lot of tech professionals that don't have any college at all. Yeah, you know, I even know a couple of high school dropouts. Yeah, and all the stuff I learn that I use every day are things that I picked up on my own on the internet and、uh, through friends and through mentors. So you know, my college classes taught me a lot about the socialist interpretation of Dostoevsky, but not necessarily the things that I do every day. So. Yeah, I think the one of the biggest values in education today is learning how to learn, and especially once you've mastered that, the internet is such an amazing worldwide resource that it really is changing lives. I mean, you know, we have these stories of children in India who are ending up as millionaires because they're teaching themselves how to build apps on the App Store online. Right. Totally. Yeah, it's amazing, and and I think this is one of those. You know, I have a lot of friends who are involved in things like Pileides and other types of organizations that help. Women and other like oppressed and minority groups in tech get involved with it, and the biggest thing I see a lot of times is just people not not knowing that they can do something, kind of feeling tentative, like, well, I don't know, that's for somebody else. And it's so amazing to see people kind of be able to, in a more caring and free environment, like feel like they can succeed. And then when they feel like that, all of a sudden it's like, oh man, you're writing so many cool things and and doing things I would have never thought of. It's like people should have a podcast about that. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> turns out.、Uh, turns out.、Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, obviously it's a big passion of mine. I think that it's just you know if you know that you could do it, you can do it. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's the, the biggest hurdle. Exactly. So, Brooke, you've mentioned that you kind of actually. Are one of the few people in technology who manages to leave their job and tech at work. Yeah. So what what else do you do with your free time? Well, um, I live in Portland, and so that means I bicycle a lot between different places. I absolutely love food, like sort of maybe too much. Right now, I'm on a ramen kick. I didn't do gluten for like five years, so every、Ooh. opportunity I have to eat ramen, I'm doing it.、Uh, so- okay, wait. So are you are you like college student ramening it, or are you are you adding like sriracha and egg and green onions and how you? Yeah, I'm going to like、um, like ramen shops, like fancy ramen shops that do like you、oh. know they make their own pork belly and like do like a a bone broth. You have to help me on my quest then, because as you know, I、sure. recently moved to Portland. And yeah. When I was in San Francisco, I found this ramen joint because I am definitely gluten intolerant.、Um, yeah. Where they would sub cabbage. In for the noodles, and、hmm. it was amazing. Okay.、Um, so if you see a place in Portland that subs cabbage for noodles, I'm there. There's a place in Portland that does like、um, a yam noodle instead of、uh, the. <gasps> Wait, you don't like sweet potato? I love sweet potatoes. Oh, this is like a shiitake, so it's like a white yam. It's actually it's weird deal. It's like、oh. all in it's all insoluble fiber, so it's like celery. So you don't really digest it, but it's good.、Oh. I don't know. It's、yeah. strange. It's called、huh. a, it's called a Wait, high we, resistance starch. Better than a cheeseburger, probably for better for you. I mean, yeah, Poss- possibly, yeah. I mean, there's good <laughs> cheeseburgers. 
There's actually some interesting nutritional research that we need more highly resistant starch in the diet to act as a prebiotic to host bacteria in your intestines properly. Holy okay. moly. Which is why people are encouraging things like the shiitakes and plantains interesting. and a other things. I wonder if there's going to be then a movement to support adding more of that. Um, I think it's called not cellulose. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Like the wood pulp that's in, you know, a filler in no. a lot of our food. Because no, no, you can't works. digest that either, but it could host something, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, probably not the right things. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. eat a lot of rocks. No, I'm kidding. Let us know how that goes. <laughs> I travel a lot for fun and to go see friends that I know through Twitter and various other places. And so when I'm traveling, I eat um, a lot of food. I also read pretty constantly. I'm in a book group here in town that's like a lesbian book group. And then, I don't know, I, I have a Goodreads challenge that I'm trying to complete this year of like, uh, I think 60 or 70 books. Um, wow. when, I, when I was a kid, that was really easy because I never stopped reading. I was always like hiding and reading or walking around and reading. But now that I have a job, it's like, oh, I have to stop reading this novel so I can go to work. So, mm. um, but I do that a lot. I used to make music. I haven't done that recently, but it's something that I- How do you make music? Yeah. Uh, I grew up playing bass. And so I played in some bands. And mm. then I also used to make electronic music, which is something I- want to start doing again. Yeah, and I write. I write a whole lot. I do uh, sort of a daily meditative prompt thing. Um, there's this website called helloprompt.com, and they send you a daily prompt. Like yesterday's was, I think, on like like wedding proposals or something like that. And then like the day before that was like uh, a story about a bully or something. And so it's just a bunch of different small prompts, and you can write a few sentences or a few paragraphs hmm. and send them in, and they all get... Um, collated anonymously so the next day you see the previous day's stories and then the new prompt um it's really fun and so i do that and then i write for the toast occasionally um i just had a piece on a tarot website about why tarot is important to me as somebody who grew up as a christian and also as a lesbian and yeah like just stuff like that um i've got a couple different things coming out in some books this year too and like writing is a big deal for me so that is really awesome. Some very yeah, cool. Thanks. So if if people want to follow you for this sort of stuff, uh, do you tweet about it? Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah, my Twitter account is probably the best place to see things like that. Um, and I think the book is like orbooks.com slash lean dash out. So it's oh. the, the book's called Lean Out and it's a bunch of stories about misogyny and tech. So <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we will not lean in. Yeah. Yeah. You want to lean out. Um, so what is your Twitter <laughs> handle? It's uh, Brooke Shelley, so B-R-O-O-K-S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, and that's kind of the name I use for everything, so. Awesome, Great. and that'll be in the show notes. Awesome. For sure. Yeah, and it's fun. I meet so many people on there, too. Like, I'd say a good amount of my friends these days are people I met through Twitter, which is kind of fun. How do you meet people through Twitter? Like, this is one <laughs> of the, I'm, I'm not going to lie, this is one of the fascinating, I've actually had several people to me recently be like, oh, I met this person through Twitter, and I'm like, it's just a, it's, you know, it's a tiny micro-blogging platform, yeah. which has sort of messaging, but not really. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it's just, like, friends of friends. So, I, some people I know through, you know, real-life things, um, we'll follow each other on Twitter, we'll be chatting about something, maybe one of their friends will pipe in and add something or make a joke. And I'll sort of follow the people that my friends retweet sometimes, and then I'll make a joke or respond to something. And inevitably, if we're both funny and kind of enjoying each other's company in the sort of microsphere of Twitter, then we'll like DM each other or say like, hey, we should grab a drink sometime. And then, yeah, especially when I'm traveling. So if I, I was just in New York and I was just in LA, and while I'm there, I'm like, 
hey, if I have any friends on here who live in this city and you want to like show me something or go get a drink, let's do that. And then I often meet up with people. So like New York was super busy because of that. <laughs> and like I, I stay with people that I meet through Twitter too. Like people I've never That's physically awesome. met in real life. Yeah, it's super weird though because it's like, um, I've never met you, but I guess I'm going to crash at your house when I come there. And they're like, yeah, rad. <laughs> so, <laughs> it usually usually goes well. It's like couch surfing, but with m more knowledge. Yeah. And you can yeah. also date people from, from Twitter. That's that's the more. Whoa, whoa, whoa now. Her, her mind just blew. It's all over the wall. Angela, I think I think we're going to have to have like a teach page Twitter episode. We'll do we'll do a video this time. It's that's the best. Awesome. And it's so much better than like, OK, Cupid or Tinder, because where that's like static information that you say about yourself. Right. Like Twitter is what you care about, what you're talking about. So you can see what somebody actually is like to some What their degree. passion is, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then also who their friends are. So you're like, oh. That person follows Ron Paul. Maybe I don't want to hang out with him or whatever. <laughs> caution, uh, caution. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's like an ironic follow? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they just follow to, to make sure that he's not uh, getting more dangerous or something. I don't know. <laughs> so you can, whenever he says something stupid, you can do that thing where you snub him or sarcasm exactly. back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. This is funny. What I'm all I'm hearing in this conversation is like page your social ineptitude via text will get you killed, <laughs> but uh, or not killed, but you know, yeah, yeah, this will not go well. Smited, yes, smitten. I mean, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways to do stuff, and I have, I, 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 for me, like I had a lot of people that I grew up around, um, who are not really friends anymore. A lot of it due to my queerness, and a lot of it due to me moving, and so I've had to rebuild a chosen family and rebuild a group of people in my life in the past few years. And so it made me a lot more apt to try new things. Um, I have a lot of people I know who, you know, they have the same friends from college and high school. And so their impetus for making new friends isn't as high. So, um, but yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, it's it's no joke that the tools that we have built, like Twitter, like Facebook, and all of these other different social networks can be used in this awesome way to build these intricate, connected, widespread communities and, you know, I just happen to be really bad at sharing via text. I'm awesome in meet space, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> there's always yeah, there's always meetups and stuff too that are kind of fun. Although I'm I do better online. Like I do really well in like one-on-one -on -one and small situations. If there's a room full of like 10 or 20 people, I'm usually in the side of the room and like maybe want to read a book. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm exactly the opposite, which is fairly unusual for a geek and I get myself in trouble that way sometimes because everyone's like, "Well, we'll just talk about it online." I'm like, "Oh, do we have to?" <laughs> You're like, "No, let's meet up." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I bring a beer? How about pizza? You're the person who calls people on the phone as opposed to like texting them. Oh, let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, I'm actually the person that just shows up at your house. Hey, I like wow. that. That's good. Yeah, Knocking like old school. Years. Like, hey, can Brooke come out and play? Exactly. I like it. Awesome. So uh, I did have one other question that I like to ask um, kind of I'd love to know what tools you're using right now to do your job because it's always interesting to see what other developers and uh, support technicians and all sorts of things are using in their jobs so that people can get a handle on it what your job yeah. needs for skills my favorite tool of all time is uh, NV alt which is like a it's a it's a fork of a thing called notational velocity um, and at its basic level it's just a uh, it's a plain text editor that does universal search. So the screen looks like you've got a big box for text and you've got a left sidebar that lists all of the articles you've written or all of the things you've written. And then you've got a search bar um, as well. And when you type in anything, it'll find all the notes that have 
those words in it. And if you press enter on the search, it'll create a new note with that as a title. So that's like my brain dump because I, I found that I'm not very good at storing arbitrary information um, like numbers and whatever else, but my computer is. So I have that synced up to Dropbox and then over to Byword on my phone. And that gets me really far. Other than that, like we use Confluence here at work to store a bunch of internal information. Um, we use Zendesk to do our ticketing. I use an inbox for personal stuff and Gmail for, for work stuff, Google Apps rather. And uh, as far as server things go, obviously Puppet Enterprise, which is something I have to know really, really well. But because I have to bring up a lot of VMs really quickly and test various uh, interpolations of them and be able to like roll them back really quickly if I mess it up, um, we use Vagrant for that. So we have a bunch of different sort of VMs being managed by Vagrant. And it's a cool service you can like you template things through YAML, and then you say like Vagrant up and create a new VM. You can log into it, mess with it. We have a snapshotting plugin for it, so you can like create a snapshot as soon as it's launched and installed. So that if I go misconfigure it and break it, instead of trying to go fix it, I can just roll back to the known good state. See, other than that, we use HipChat to talk to each other. That's pretty important. And then Markdown, a lot of Markdown stuff. That's how we write our documents. That's how we do our uh, ticket stuff in Jira. Is uh, is Envy Alt Markdown friendly now? Yeah, it is. Uh, the Markdown preview isn't great, but I haven't found a place that really has great Markdown preview. So I, yeah, I like it just fine though. Um, mostly I use it, especially because it's a like very distraction free. It's just a, a white box, so I can't format. Anything. I have used the exact setup that you you have on that one, and I, I liked it myself quite a bit with a uh, Envy Alt, Dropbox, and Byword. They're fantastic. I really mm -hmm. like. I I mean, every once in a while I'll go check and see like what else is out there as far as text apps go, but they're always missing something key that I need. So I'm like, all right, I'm sticking with this one. Yeah, I ended up moving over to Evernote just because I have to deal with so much uh, multimedia stuff with trying to do podcasts and meetups and things. But other than that, I would much rather be in NVLT. Yeah, and I like Evernote okay, but I, for me, I'm sort of paranoid and I'm like, well, I don't really trust them to stay around as long as plain text. So yeah, very true. <laughs> I, I might I might be paranoid enough to export on a regular basis, be it, be it if it to my Dropbox. I love it. That's awesome. It's the best way to do it. Um, and then, like, I uh, we use like 13-inch MacBook Pro Retina computers and um, a second screen. Although my personal computer that I use a lot when I'm here at the office is one of the new MacBooks, the little 12-inch ones. And I'm like absolutely head over heels about this computer because it's so I tiny. I actually was going to ask you that because I, I saw oh. you had it the other night, and I, I'm still slightly on the fence because I'm always I'm always touchy about first-gen technology. But sure, but what's awesome? It's, it's so light and portable. It fits in my purse. I take it with me in my purse everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, the retina screen's amazing. It's not fast, but I don't need it to be. It turned out that most of what I do is via SSH in a terminal. And then things that I don't do on a computer, like, sorry, on a server, are things that I'm just, like, I'm writing text. So I don't yeah. need processing speed. And the GPU's good enough to let me, like, throw Game of Thrones on my TV. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's just what I need for a machine. And it... It, the battery life's a little bit less than I want compared to my old MacBook Air, um, which had like 14 hours. This one has like eight or nine. But eight or nine hours is still a long time, so I'm I'm pretty happy with it. And one port life hasn't killed you? No, I don't plug anything into my computer except for headphones. Um, yeah. I occasionally, oh. I got, I broke down and got the adapter so I could charge my phone with it. But that's, that's it. I don't, I mean, I connect to hard drives via a NAS. I don't use secondary monitors when I'm at home or whatever, so... I don't really need much else. And if I project something onto a screen, like a lot of times people have Apple TVs or whatever else. If I do 
like talks and things like that, I don't like using PowerPoint. So yeah, I don't worry about that either. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've radically simplified it. Yeah. Yeah. I it really did. I kind of did the same thing the first time I went down to a MacBook Air and it was just like, oh, wait, I don't really need because I don't have time to play games anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't really need crazy processing power because mostly I'm just writing text code and it's browser text code. So it's not like I'm compiling anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always confused when people are like, oh, I need a really powerful computer. I'm like, for, for what? But I, I think that's like, that's, that was the story of the 90s and the early 2000s was sort mm -hmm. of like more power is always better. And you're always going to leave, except for the fact that websites and sort of the way people do JavaScript stuff is more and more complex. Generally, you don't need much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women's Tech Radio. Remember, you can find the show notes on the YouTube page or go to jupiterbroadcasting.com and from the show dropdown, select Women's Tech Radio and find the episode that you want to listen to or read about and scroll down to those show notes. You can also use our contact form on the website, which you can select Women's Tech Radio or any show on the network to email us about with any kind of feedback. You can also find us on iTunes. If you have a moment, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. You can reach out to us directly at WTR at JupiterBroadcasting.com or follow us on Twitter at HeyWTR. Thanks for listening. <laughs>